Hello, people of the interwebs. Uh, it's me, Brandon Noel. Uh, welcome to the very second uh, Bookies podcast. Um, just thought I'd, uh, I'd share a little bit with you uh, before we jump into today's podcast. Um, a couple other names that were thrown around for this podcast was uh, Readers of the Dead, Booktastics, Bookaloo, Read-A-Drama, Rainy Day Readers, The Book Foo Club, Radioactive, Bookaholics, um, and uh, there, there was a few more punny names that was thrown around. And uh, I just wanted to, uh, to throw those names out there because not everyone on the podcast actually got to vote for the name of the podcast because of uh, some mistiming issues on my part. So I just wanted to throw some of those names out there and and uh, thought that was fun. Um, on today's podcast, things are going to get odd. We are reading Odd Thomas by Dean Coons. Um, this is an amazing book. Uh, if this is your first time listening to us, uh, we're going to sit around and talk about the events, characters, and most assuredly, the end of the novel. So past this point, there be spoilers. Uh, with that said, I hope you enjoy this podcast and discussion of Dean Kuhn's Odd Thomas. Which Mac did not prepare us at all for that, because I thought I was auditioning for Mac. <laughs> he didn't tell anyone that you were... That, that there was going to be someone else directing. No. No? Yeah. Tell me I was going to be directing. At least well, I knew. you knew. <laughs> <laughs> if you woke up and came to you, oh, by the way, you're directing. What? Yeah. Like, I thought you just wanted me to come hang out today. What's the deal? Yeah. Just saying. I mean, it could have been a lot worse, you know. Yeah. At least the people in charge knew they were in charge. Yes, that's an important thing. That's, yeah, that's what matters. Okay, um... Let's go ahead and start. We'll start like last time, uh, going around. My name is Brandon Noel. I'm the publisher of Destiny Comics. Um, I'm Maylene Noel, and I'm the photographer, editor, and one of the writers for Ape Pulp. I'm Jess Stallard. I'm a friend and uh, facilities manager at uh, Salvation Army. I'm Bonnie Stallard. Uh, <laughs> Justin's our support. Um, he lets us. He lets us do writing in in, in our house, so that's good. Um, he feeds I'm, I'm one of the writers and editors for Ape Folk. <clears throat> My name is Luis Lopez. I'm an editor for. No, sorry, that's not right at all. I'm a writer with Ape Folk. How dare you, sir? I edit my own stories, but that doesn't really count. <laughs> it makes it nice so we don't have to edit them as much. I know. Boy, we're off to a great start. <laughs> I can't remember who we are. Hi, I'm Wayne Abraham. <laughs> I'm an editor for 8-Bit Pulp. Yes, that is correct. Yes. And I also... Oh, wait, are you sure I messed up earlier? Yes, I, I'm also a writer. And? And illustrator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah, okay. And sometime yeah. photographer. Now, now Lewis has me questioning what I said. <laughs> oh, my God. We wear many hats in this company. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so Not all of fit. Uh, <laughs> Odd Thomas. Uh, this was your pick, Maylene? Yes, and I was super excited because, honestly, I didn't think any of my books would ever get picked. <laughs> I don't know why. That was just, I guess, 
I don't know, me being insecure. Well, it's <laughs> so. not like you suggested war and peace. I mean, <laughs> that's on. true. Well, I don't know. I just, I had a feeling that, well, especially since last time we had so many great suggestions that I was like, okay, well, it was nice that I got at least, <laughs> you know, a say. So, so yeah, I was really excited about, not only because I love the book so much and I wanted you guys to like it, or at least read it, <laughs> but also it was kind of nice that, you know, it was picked, so. Yeah. <laughs> And so, um, why did you recommend it? I recommended it because, well, like I said earlier, I thought it was just a great story. It was by an author that I had never before thought of reading, you know, so... Uh, and it, that is? And Dean Coots. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you. I would have skipped that. <laughs> and, and it's not that I was against Dean Coots, really. It's just I'd never read any of his stuff, so I'd never thought to seek him out. And so, reading this completely took me by surprise and I just thought it was such a great story and I was pretty sure that you know at least some of you guys would like it and you know I just I felt like it was it's one of the few books that I would recommend to almost anybody you know because it's not like it's not like you have to specifically love this genre to enjoy it it's not like you have to love Dean Koontz to like it I it's one of the few stories I think anybody would like and that's why, I think that's also partly why I was so excited that it got picked, because I felt like more people should know about the series, you know, so that's the main reason why I picked it. Yeah, and, you know, going back to Dean Coons, like, I used to make fun of people in school who were reading Dean Coons. I never, you know, Family Guy had the joke that he was the poor man Stephen King. You know, so I've never read any of his stuff either until this. And that's like, that's kind of how I was too. Like, I, I was aware of his books, but I, I kind of figured it was a, a kind of book, like a kind of genre that I wouldn't really read on my own. You know, um, but yeah, this was great. <laughs> yeah, I have actually read, I think, three of his books. Not counting Odd Thomas books. Not counting the Odd Thomas books, <laughs> of which I have read three of those now as well. <laughs> some, of us, yeah, some of us went ahead and did more than just the recommended reading. This is true. I am currently on the fourth book. So. <laughs> the I, reason I, I haven't read the fourth one is she hasn't loaned it to me yet. She hasn't finished. I, I, I think myself. one of the things I liked about it is uh, even though there are more books to the, the Odd Thomas series, uh, the first book is a standalone by itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If he never carried on with another book, it would have been fine because he ended it very well. I thought. Yeah. Um, well, Bonnie's snickering. I don't want to jump into the ending because that's a conversation. Uh, we'll have that later. <laughs> but it's true. I mean, it's one of those books that you do not have to. Keep. It's not a cliffhanger yeah. like the first Terry Pratchett book. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> it's not one of those books that it's like okay, I have to read the next yeah. one to see what happens. If you read it and you decide you don't like it, then you don't feel like you're missing out on the rest of the story. You yeah. can just be like, okay, I, I, li- I read it, didn't like it, whatever. But if you do like it, if you read it, then you can go to the next story. And, you and know. Hurry through the second story because the third one's better. Future reference, because second one's okay. But we're not here to talk about that one. So. No. Yeah, well, um, one thing that, like, in, in the early chapters, in the, that first opening sequence with him chasing the 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 murderer, he in the course of chasing this guy, they go through a tumble, end up into somebody's swimming pool. Yeah, he gives this whole long thing. Like I haven't been underwater 
since I was 16, handcuffed <laughs> to two corpses. Yeah. Yes. You know, and it goes on this whole story. And then he just stops with that and then starts talking about the lake, starts talking about the businesses at the front of the lake, and then never tells you yeah. how he ended up handcuffed to two corpses. Like, what, what the hell? <laughs> never tells, tells you, really. No. no he lives to it several times throughout the book. <laughs> well, it never really tells you. Just so you know, that he references that again in the fourth book. Oh, God. <laughs> you don't find Can out. Can you just imagine David Prince <laughs> sitting at his computer going, <laughs> <laughs> they'll never get it. It's just okay. cackling. Really quick, we should, you know... Really quick, give a synopsis of what the story is about. So, oh, yeah. do I want to do it's that? About sixty some chapters. <laughs> Sixty-seven. Yuck! 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 yuck. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, uh, hopefully, it's a yeah. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> that is it. You almost made Maylene blow stuff out her nose. I'm sorry. But not very. It's not six cents. No, it's no. not because he can't. The dead people don't talk. He sees ghosts. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. they don't talk. Basically, he sees ghosts, and if they've been killed in some horrible way, he tries to help them catch their killer. Sometimes that's not always the reason. And and he yeah. and he he helps them by getting kind of like a feeling of what to do from them. They don't talk. They don't tell him what to do. They don't say Joe Schmo killed me. He's empathic. Yeah. Yes. He, 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 I think that's also what helps him in yeah, his day-to-day life, yeah. is he a, a very empathetic person. Yeah, he really is. One of the things I thought was neat, besides his ability to see the dead and interact with them, uh, is his ability, what he calls his psychic magnetism. Yes. If he knows the person's name or, he face. Can, or face, he can just concentrate and then just kind of go into... Uh, uh, autopilot, and next thing he knows, he's either looking—he would be there looking at the person, or in the general vicinity where that person is. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, the psychic cool. magnetism in the third act really cranks up. Yeah, like yeah. that. That was something that I really enjoyed because mm-hmm. it's—it's. I equated it to kind of like the spider sense. Yeah. <laughs> except it wasn't more or less like oh, because Spider-Man uses that spidey sense to get. It uses it to his physical advantage, right? Whereas odd is just like, oh yeah, this get me where I need to go. Yeah. Right. Okay, so we should really quick go around and say what our favorite parts or like part or scene or aspect of the book was. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Brandon. Um, well, a lot of us came to Odd Thomas through the movie first. Yes. And there's a movie, just so you guys know. There's a movie that was very under. Bonnie. Um, public <laughs> or under like. It just kind of came out. I yeah, didn't hear it. I don't. I don't. I'll ever remember hearing about it. He's been it for crying out loud. Yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> and, uh, and the young man who played uh, Chekhov. Yeah, Pascal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Star Trek. I heard Pascal Oswald has a cameo in it. It's really. It, I did not. I didn't. Never heard any marketing about it at all. I never heard, saw a preview for it. Nothing. It was just one of those things. I came into the house one day and Brian was like, "Hey, I watched this movie. You got to watch it." I'm like. I've never heard of this movie. What is it? You know, it was yeah. in the B horse section yeah. Netflix. So that's Justin and I were just flipping through Redbox, going, "No, nah, we rented that one. No, we see. No, we own that one. What's this? This looks interesting. <laughs> that sounds interesting." Um, and actually, we looked at it a couple times and been like, eh, "I've never heard anything about it." But finally, we're like, yeah. well, "We've watched everything else, and we're, we don't want to watch our yeah, own stuff." It was stuff, under so. under publicized. Totally under very publicized. Um, it was a very well done movie. Oh, it was one of my favorites. 
Um, and so, it, like, after the movie, after I saw the movie, it was like, I need more. Is there more? <laughs> and that's what led me to the book. So, if anything, yeah. I know this movie has sold some books. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Dean Coons has gotten some royalty. At least <laughs> and and, there, the and there are at least six books in the series at this point. Yeah. I six or seven, seven, maybe seven? eight. Oh, God. Yeah. Okay. There's another one that just came <laughs> out. I think at last count, there was like seven or eight. Seven or eight, yeah. yeah. I, I, it sounded like Odd Apocalypse was going to be the last one. Yeah. yeah. From the yeah. stuff I read about it, but yeah. Um, but uh, coming from it from the movie first, there's one scene in the book that's not in the movie that I absolutely loved, and it's after he drops Fungus Guy off in the um, the Quonset huts, the 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 church of the. Um, some, something burger. The, yeah, yeah. Really weird. Blazing comet or yeah, yeah. yeah. Like the, a real cult area. Yeah, yeah, the the cult. It was a cult. Then it was a porn. Yeah. And then it was a com- yeah. yeah. And it was a comedy place. And they totally <laughs> sidestepped that in the movie by saying it was a prison slash. They yeah. gave it a weird thing, <sighs> but um, you know, there's a scene. That get, totally gets cut for time for the movie. Yeah, it wasn't necessary for the plot. Really. It wasn't necessary. Yeah. But after he drops the body off, he goes and he's herded by three wild wolves. Coyotes. I, I know. The fourth one shows up. <laughs> There's a scene where he's standing there with two beer bottles and he smashes one. I'm like, oh, this is... Going to get gruesome. This is going to get gruesome. We're going into the gray territory. Here. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. Justin has comments about that scene um, later. Yeah, and well, we can bring it because I brought the scene up. Yeah, uh, well, I enjoyed that scene mostly because I've been in that situation. Oh. Where I grew up in Arizona, out in the middle of nowhere, I go for walks. And I, there was a time I was completely surrounded by coyotes when I was walking. Oh, and they were slowly closing in on me. Until a jackrabbit popped up out of nowhere, and they took off after him instead. Oh, it just had a firearm. I had a firearm with me, and they were. I was debating: should I try shooting a shot of, of using one of my three rounds out of my rifle, oh, God. or oh. to scare him off, or I should I save it for that, what I need? You only got you know. three. <laughs> <laughs> so that 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 scene it, it rang with me. I think it, he did his he did his homework. He did his homework he in a lot of well. places. I got yeah. I got home. And he tells me, because it's night, I, I was at teaching kids' church at church. And so I get home, and he was at home reading the scene in bed, and the cat comes tearing in and jumps on the bed. <laughs> this is what he tells me. He's like, the cat almost killed me. <laughs> I almost had a heart attack. <laughs> I was reading the coyote scene. And <laughs> oh. Yeah. That, this was traumatic for a lot of people in a lot of ways. No, well, if he hasn't lived out in the desert... He spent some time out yeah. in the desert. Yeah. Or he knows a lot of people. Oh my God, he was his, writing his, about Emmett. <laughs> <laughs> oh. his, his descriptions were incredible. Amazing. Yes. Yeah. Well, I think my favorite, it's not a scene that, I mean, I love, cause I love the whole book. I don't have a specific scene that is my favorite, but my favorite, just as far as the book goes, I, I just gotta say, I love Elvis. Okay, oh, the God. ghost of, of Elvis. Elvis. Yeah. The ghost of Elvis is just always. He was unfortunately not in the movie. Yeah, he rights issues. Yeah, I think he went through rights issues. Elvis movies without Elvis in them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, I, you see the cutout because there's a cardboard cutout that is briefly mentioned in the beginning. In the I beginning. love the cutout. Yeah, and then 
you know, for the rest of the movie, it's just, he's not there. I so I saw just like I don't know, on the side of the street, whatever. But honestly, the ghost of Elvis is so bad because he can't talk, because the ghost can't talk to him. And all he can do, the best he can do is like pantomime. And But it talks in the books how most people who die are in the clothes that they died in. You know, if someone drowned, then they're all wet in the clothes, you know, whatever. But Elvis is always changing his outfits to different <laughs> outfits in his movies. So it's like, oh, today he's wearing the outfit he wore in Blue Hawaii or whatever it is. And it's like, oh my gosh, Elvis, even in death, you're just, you're, so all, you're, you're just showing off, you know. And I, I, I kind of got like, like, um. A little bit from that, like he, his changing outfits. Maybe he feels like he died a little bit inside every time he made a movie. Like that's way too meta. Let's take it back. <laughs> and then the other, the other thing about about Elvis that they talk about in the book is that the ghost, ghosts normally hang around the place that they died or a place that was important to them in their lifetime. Mm-hmm. And as far as, because they have one per character in the book that's an Elvis expert, and Harry. nobody, uh, Elvis had never been in the town before, <laughs> but his ghost is there. And it's the Elvis, it's not an impersonator, it's no, yeah. Elvis. It's Elvis, you know. <laughs> uh, he had no contact with, with the town while he was alive, there was no logical reason for him to be there. He's able to change his attire according to movies or even clothes of certain periods that he performed in. He's an extremely atypical ghost, which keeps Odd Thomas rather puzzled. Yes, and I like the fact that going back to the ending, you know, the denouement is like him in the apartment with Elvis, and he's like, I've even gotten a couple of albums. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, okay. I think Dean Koontz must have been an Elvis fan. Must have been. He said, I, I love, okay, I'm, I'm going to read a quote because it's talking about that. It says, there's movie star fame like that enjoyed by Tom Cruise, rock star fame like that of Mick Jagger, literary fame, political fame, but more mere fame has grown into real legend when people of different generations remember your mother's name because they were talking about what was his mother's name? Yeah. What was Gladys, right? Yeah. People remember your mother's name a quarter of a century after your death and nearly half a century after hers. Yeah. You know, which I think is is true and, and wonderful. And he must have just loved Elvis. To, he, yeah. he researched stuff just so that he could give Terry things to say yeah. about Elvis. I mean, <laughs> the fact that he had Terry, who was uh, Odd Thomas's boss in the book, she works. She I forget. Does she own the grill? I forget. She owns, yeah, she owns the grill, yes. and that's what she does. And you know, but she just loves uh, Elvis so much that she's got all these random facts. I mean, she could tell you what he was doing on a specific day in a specific year. They give you two reasons why you know for her obsession with Elvis. Yeah, they do. One, Odd says at some point, I think she's a psychic. And because like a latent psychic, a latent yeah. psychic mm-hmm. and because Elvis's ghost is here, she's tuned into exactly. him. And the other was her husband's husband passing. And as long as she's obsessed with Elvis, she cannot um, be romantically intimate with another man. Therefore, staying true to her true husband. To her true to her husband. Yeah. Which is which is really nice because I mean. Mm-hmm. 
And it's not just him writing that, you know, just because. It's, it, you could tell that he's giving her a character. He's making her the kind of person who doesn't want to move on from her late husband because she still wants to be faithful to him. And because of that, she comes up with something else to occupy her time with. Mm. You know, it's not like, you know, he's just leaving her the typical widow who, yeah. you know, whatever. Because yeah. that, that'd be too easy just to make her the typical, oh, yeah. my husband died, I don't want another relationship. It gives her a reason, you know, kind yeah. of thing. And it speaks towards human nature, too. Like, yeah. the logical thing to do when a spouse dies is to find closure, to move on, to mm-hmm. be happy again. But people don't really do that. A lot no. of the times they want to stay true to their husband or their wife, even yeah. though really they've passed on. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of people like that. And you know, <clears throat> for this particular character, it gives her, you know, a reason not to move on. Yeah, you know. I did not see the movie. Oh, okay. So I'm part of. Did you see the movie? No, it's so on one third of list. us here <laughs> of the table have not seen the movie. Uh, so <clears throat> I'm doing the math. Yeah, it's one third. I loved. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I loved the book. I loved the writing. <coughs> the writing was it was easy to read. It was almost it was like really he was sitting there that. talking to you. Yeah. Is it, it it felt like you were listening to someone talking rather than rather than reading words. His descriptions are so rich and beautiful. They're not verbose like Tolkien. Yeah. Yeah. He oh, might right. say it captures something in six words, but those six words just spark your imagination, open the window so that you see 6,000 words mm-hmm. from the six that he said, yeah. you know, just in the, from the picture in your head. And yeah. there's nothing wrong with, you know, Tolkien or any of those writers. I mean, Tolkien. those are great, you know, but Tolkien is very, very But he's very wordy. dense yeah. in yeah. a lot of his things. And heavy reading. Yeah, it's a lot it of it's is, heavy yeah. reading. And sometimes you don't always feel like heavy reading. I mean, yeah. sometimes you just want to read a book where you feel like you're talking to someone. Like yeah. Yeah. I know that's one of the things I liked about it because I'm a slow reader and I managed to read this book in just over a week. Yeah. Which is yeah. unheard Which of. Which is right. unheard of for me. <laughs> yeah. So it was, it, was a, it was a very descriptive but an easy read. Mm-hmm. It, it was. And I, I appreciated that. And, mm-hmm. You know, 67 chapters. Yeah. But yeah. a lot of uh, they're short chapters. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't panic when you're yeah. that. <laughs> this is not War and Peace. No, it, it, yeah, really the book itself is just like over 400 pages long. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's only 400 some odd pages, and I mean there are some there are some chapters that are only like two pages, or you know some that I think the most in this book is like five or six pages, maybe ten. I don't know. Yeah. But they're not very long, and they're very easy. It's very easy read. You know, you could. You could breeze through several chapters in an afternoon. You know, yeah. if you just only want to read a couple chapters in an afternoon. You unless don't you're like me. Yeah, unless you're like Wayne, who read it in uh, like the span of one night. I read the book in an afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. no mean but feat, so. you were saying, I, I know we were kind of going in order, That's but okay. yeah. but you haven't seen the movie yet, right. even. So finish saying is that was that your favorite part of the book or the, the literary. Uh, no, that was just one thing I really liked it about, really uh, about the book overall. I, I just I love the writing. Uh, it, it just it it's speaks beautiful. to you, and it I, I don't know how to how to define it or pin it down well, but it's you very were looking poetic. up a description. Oh, I yes. have I have several descriptions highlighted, and you were talking about a short one. Here's just a short one. It's just 
he's talking about how late it is, but instead of saying it's like one or two in the morning, he says, on the side of midnight when broomsticks are licensed to fly. Yeah. Okay? Instead of saying it's one freaking 30 in the morning, you know, that's all he says. That's all he says. But all of us who are like, oh, well, we know what time, you know, it's witching hour, it's, you know, whatever, you know, so... Something that's just simple like there's that. That's, that's little, not, you know, things like that. little things like that. He but does turn the phrase so well in he this. Does. He does. And at the same time, you believe it's something that Odd would think because he's a very simple person. He's a very mm-hmm. simple but character, you know. That's one thing that I, I liked about the definition of Odd. Everybody goes, well, he, he works as a short order cook mm-hmm. at this grill. And everybody's going, well, aren't you planning to go to college? Aren't you planning to get another job? And he explains it that because he sees the dead and because they're wanting his help to solve things that aspect of his life is is tense it's stressful he wants everything in his life everything else in his life to be as simple as possible because yeah. he doesn't need the other aspects of his life causing him stress. His psychic abilities yeah. are doing <laughs> that enough. He sold me on selling shoes. Yeah. If he didn't keep things simple, he would lose his sanity. Yes. Yeah. It's how he keeps saying. But he's saying, well, yeah, I'm working as a short order cook. But so sometimes we get those rushes and that produces little stress. So I'm thinking maybe of getting a job at the tire place. Yeah. You know, <laughs> because... Well, he goes and hangs out at Tire World every now and then. He hangs out at Tire World, you know. Everybody needs tires for their cars, and it's not a real high-stress job. Yeah. And and then he's saying, well, then again, I might go into shoes, because why? <laughs> you might have, you know, a family with a husband and a wife and, and two to four kids... They still only need four tires, but if you're selling shoes, every one of them needs shoes. <laughs> you know, and selling shoes is not that stressful a job either. And and so he's just, you know, he's he's still thinking of ways to simplify. I swear, because yeah. of that, I thought Braddon was going to become a shoe salesman. Well, he sold me <laughs> like I'm, he's yeah. like, I'm going to quit my job, become a shoe salesman. You know. And so much of this book is grounded in like everyday mundane things mm-hmm. that like we can all identify with but to mm-hmm. odd they're so much special because they're less hassle right because this book is about a guy who sees dead people but he's also got like a day job and a mm-hmm. life outside of that and yeah. he's trying to do just regular things he's just a guy <laughs> what's that one quote he says i i see dead people and by and god i the, do something yeah, yeah by god i do something about it yes yeah, he doesn't just ignore them, which he could very well do. He could just be like, I, I can't handle you guys. Yeah. Leave me alone, you know. He, but you're right. He finds pleasure in little things. Yeah. The very first highlight I made in my book, uh, quote, the egg is art, sure enough. Given a choice between Beethoven and a pair of eggs fried in butter, a hungry man will inevitably choose the eggs, or in fact, the chicken, and will find his spirits lifted at least as much as they might be by a Requiem, Rhapsody, or Sonata. Mm-hmm. And he's just talking about eggs. Yeah. But he makes you go, man, I think I want eggs for breakfast yeah. tomorrow. Know, that's, right? that's right. Eggs are great. It's so grounded in reality. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Justin, what was your favorite scene? Or uh, part of the book? Or, yeah. That's a hard one to say. Uh, the, uh, well, I had actually two parts. Because okay. the, the way that he went through them, the first one was he's when he's going into the black room. 
Oh yeah. That one, I found myself holding my breath <laughs> and realizing, uh, oh, I need to breathe. <laughs> you know, and just imagine Bonnie coming in. Breathe. Yeah, and, and I have a bad habit of reading stuff like this one by myself at night, <laughs> so it, it tends to affect my sleep. And then the other one is when he goes back to the Quonset huts to check to look at uh, the corpse the, the um, a fungus man yeah. yeah and he's talking about opening up the thing and then the corpse licked him and it was the spider coming out of his mouth and and he's like his reaction to it and while he's doing what he's doing he's constantly looking around and like oh it's, it's going up the wall okay He's doing what he's doing. Where'd it go now? Oh, it's on the ceiling. It's coming towards me. And he's doing what he's doing. And he finishes up. And he's where's the spider? And he looks up. It's right above him. You know. And as he's leaving, it goes plop. You know. Mm-hmm. And you can hear it landing on the body and doing what it whatever it does. And uh, I I don't know. I just those those are two, the two the two of my favorites that come to mind at the moment. Even with you just talking about, it, I'm like. Ew. Ew. Like just, I can feel it on my skin. Yeah. I feel like I just got touched by a spider on my cheek. Yeah. Ew. I I love the scenes with little Ozzy. Oh, little yeah. Ozzy. Yes. Oh my gosh, he's so cat. funny. Yeah. I love how he's always quoting something, and Otto like, is that this? No, it's you know this author. And, you know, you really should fill in your education on, you know, as far as books go. There is a line at the end of that scene where it is basically to the effect of we hugged because neither of us had ever been hugged by our fathers. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, that got me. Yeah. That got me. Ah, oh, so just, ah. Mm-hmm. So there are moments in here where you're just like, ouch. <laughs> The first ouch moment for me was right in the beginning when when he's introducing you to who um, Penny was and, and all that kind of oh. stuff. And, like, oh, yeah. like I, I'm reading the book and I'm you know, I'm going along and I'm enjoying it and you know it seems like a lighthearted read and then he just flat out talks about what happened to Penny in relation to Harlan I think is his name yeah the, the guy I forget yeah, yeah. like Lando like something it's something weird like that where it's not a but like name. all of a sudden he talks about the three squares of her blood and how the guy sometimes like puts one in his mouth and like bites oh. it and like it just it's a punch in the gut like and you're just like this should never be yeah it's oh god all the it, oh just, I, it, it affected me <laughs> I think the reason why it affects people so much is because you know that crap happens like, yeah it's like it's true to life human cruelty know? There's a lot of of human cruelty in this. There really is. And And it comes out of nowhere. And especially when you start reading about his parents, you're like, how did Odd become this person? The chapter with his mother. Yes. His father was bad enough, but his mother... His father... You almost get get the feeling, you know, the book, the way he's talking, that, you know, his parents have died and he's an orphan. But... they didn't, and he isn't. But <laughs> he'd have been better off as one. Yeah. You know, in the movie, his parents are not even they're they're mentioned. Really? They're, they're mentioned in one flashback sequence. Oh, they are, and oh, they it's very time, different from the book because oh. yeah. they say his mom's institutionalized. But it's she should have been. Should have been. In the book, it's his aunt. Yeah, it's his aunt. Yeah. And, and it, it, you never find out, but 
you get the feeling that his aunt was institutionalized because she has the same kind of abilities he's wondered that, that. he says yeah. he's wondered that yeah. and, and he's you know I mean at least his dad he might be a jerk and just do not like him right just oh, sorry. <laughs> but at the same time it's like you know guys who are that or even women who are that Characteristic, you know yeah. those characteristics. You know people like, okay, you are a jerk. I do not even want to be around you. But you know people like that. His mom, oh my goodness, just you can't even fathom that kind of crazy. Like, well, well going back to the earlier, we started saying about how much research he did to this. I read not too long ago Alan Alda's autobiography, and his mother had similar mental issues, snapping. And reading this book took me back to Alan Alda's real life experiences. I'm like, he did some research with the slow turn and the this is how psychosis works. I don't know if he has firsthand experience with it, but it felt verbatim from Alan Alda's like real life experience. And it is like, wow, the, the amount of research he put into this. I'm sorry, Bonnie. Do you want to talk about your favorite parts? <laughs> um, well, we all know that I didn't want to read the book because mm-hmm. I saw the movie. Because I saw the movie, yeah. and the movie, because we're not going to talk about the ending, but because of the way it ended in the movie and the way they set it up in the movie. Now, reading the book, there are certain things that he repeats so many times. My brain might have caught on to what the ending was going to be, mm-hmm. but in the movie, they didn't set it up that way, and so it was a big. It really affected me deeply because of my own loss in my own life. Right. All right. And so Justin had to hold me, and I cried for about half an hour after watching the movie. So this is this is the reason I did not vote for this book, and this is the reason I was angry at my best friend for suggesting this book because I never wanted to watch the movie again. You have to understand, watching the movie, the first two thirds of the movie, Justin and I look at, wow, we gotta add this to our collection. This is great. I'm like, I'm never watching this movie again after the end of it because it because it affected me on a personal level, it very painfully. Yeah. Which that I was not told. Okay. Which you weren't told, and no. and I've forgiven you, and I've been razzing you for a whole month about it just because I can. Um, and you kept going. Just to put that out there. You kept going with books two and three, and you harassed me for book four. So you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, I know. So I, I do have to say that, like, uh, I should say Wayne because you guys don't know he's my dad, but he's my dad. I normally say dad. Like he said, I, I love the descriptions, and I have a whole bunch of them highlighted. But my favorite, like one of my absolute favorite characters, I don't think is Ozzy and Chester in. Are they in the movie? I don't remember. I don't you remember. have to understand. I, I watched Ozzie the movie once and it affected me terribly, and I don't remember very much about some of the I characters. I think there's a little bit of them. But Terrible Chester is awesome! I love this cat! Okay, so I have to read a description about him, because I love this cat. Odd says, um, let's see, he'd seen Terrible Chester, you know, like, um, I once saw him, saw him stand off an aggressive German shepherd, surely with attitude. And he says, I suspect that even a pit bull, gone bad and in a murdering mood, would have turned away as the shepherd did, and would have gone in search of easier prey, like crocodiles. <laughs> <laughs> This makes me love this cat. I love this cat. And Brandon, I know that you're allergic to cats. I'm not a big fan, but Terrible Chester is just awesome. I'm in awe of this one. I don't trust any <laughs> cat that, you know, there's photographic evidence to suggest that he's 15 years old. But, but you, uh, yeah. Not 15. 50. Oh, 50. 50. 50 yeah. I thought it was like, yeah. Photographic evidence that he's 50, 50 years old. But, but there Seriously, is something going on with Terrible Chester. Ozzy, I do love Ozzy, but I have to say Terrible Chester is one of my favorite characters. And the whole, as you were saying, the descriptions. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, he describes the scent and smell and feel of the desert air, and and you, we've I've been there. We've been there. We, I've we been live in it. Yeah. various, various. I mean, we live in desert, but you know, I've been in like the high desert, and I've been in a, you know several deserts, not just yeah. here in California. So. It's like, this is exactly how the desert is. It's how it feels. It's yeah. how, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, although I still don't like the ending, mm-hmm. I love the writing. Yeah. Yeah. And as a writer, I can appreciate just the beauty of the way he turns a phrase. Oh, yeah. It's simple. It's elegant. It's, it's just, it's just. The writing is gorgeous. You know, yeah. well, I'm a little jealous that I didn't think I knew these phrases myself. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's how you know it's a good <laughs> yeah. book. You know, when you as a writer, you're like, oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. How dare you think that yeah. me? When you get yeah. jealous. I have to use it on my own. And just yeah. 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 It's like, oh. do you think if I stole that verbatim, they get mad at me? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just that and good. As, and as someone who had never really read uh, Dean Koontz that much at all, it was surprisingly fun. Like, yeah. just right? all those yeah. things he says. Just that makes hard. you laugh, but then, like you said earlier, there's those... Like he hits you, you in the gut, like makes serious. Yeah, he's, he's weeded. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, he is. <laughs> and it it ha- it is loaded with really heavy stuff. Yeah, it, it really is. And the book could have been extremely dark, and you could have come out at the end of the book feeling like you'd been swimming in the sewage. If not for terrible Chester and exploding cow, Oz's exploding cow, terrible Chester. There, there are just these Elvis. mundane <laughs> Elvis, these yeah. mundane everyday things that lighten the, up uh, the mood. The and guy at the tire world who uses his arm for a battle. I love Odd's reaction. I was like, I hate a guy who needs a laugh. Right? Yeah. Well, okay, here's an, here's an example of the writing and what we're talking about. He, he comes home at one point and finds a dead body in his bathroom. Okay? Yes. And here he's talking about the fact that he, he knew he left the door open. So he knows that there's something wrong in his bathroom because the door's closed. He always leaves the door open, and this is why. He says, if I didn't leave the door open, the bath would be ruled by aggressive mutant molds with a taste for human flesh, and I would be forced to henceforth bathe in the kitchen sink. So you've got this scene where he's all, he's, he's been, it's been really intense, he's finally got home, and now he doesn't feel safe at home. Mm-hmm. And right before he reveals the dead body, he throws something like that out, which totally yeah. makes you laugh. Yeah. You know, in the middle of an intense scene where Odd is totally like, I have no idea what's going on, but something yeah. bad is going on. Like, there's which a gun in the living room. Yeah, there's a gun on the floor, which I know I shouldn't and touch what's in the bathroom. I don't know yet. That's but. one of the things I also liked about this book is in all the movies, all the TV shows, somebody trips over a bloody knife on the floor or finds a gun in their floor, which they know is not theirs, and they pick it up. Because yeah. they're stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Why would you ever do that? <laughs> I shouldn't touch that. I'm not going to. No. Yeah. Well, we get a really Mark good man. reason why he doesn't like guns. Yes. Right, but at the same time... At the same time, most shows, they're like, oh, stupid character, leans over, grabs the, the gun. The gun is right there in my so. path, and it's like... Oh, Example, Taken 3. This is the third movie with this... Like badass, like Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson's yeah. character, okay? It's Liam Neeson's character. <laughs> Spoilers. And he comes in. He comes <laughs> in. At, no, this is the towards the beginning of the movie. He comes into his apartment, and there's a bloody knife on the floor that he like kind of trips he on. Like, and he picks it up, uh, and I'm thinking, you've like 
secret here, agent like man, secret Uber agent, agent and man, and you pick it up with your bare hands because yeah, why? why? You, why and even then, it's like, have you not seen the first two movies with you in it? Yeah. <laughs> like, 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 like that happens, was like, you know, set of skills. Yeah. Just there, there are just at least saying. two reasons why you don't do that. One, fingerprints. Two, you're messing up evidence. Why? I know, and you're just like, what? I just, yeah. Anyway, you know what they're playing? Job <laughs> might have worked too. It might have. It might have. It really, if he hadn't have... If he would have went out the front instead of the back. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. he, he just barely made it out of that. But he did, we needed yeah. him to. Yeah. So, but yeah, like Ryan said, they gave him a really good reason for not liking guns. And it's like, okay. Yeah. I didn't yeah. like guns either. I not after that. <laughs> so, um, what were we on about favorite part of the book? You? I, I, I kind of finished up. I, Lewis yeah. needs to share uh, his. My favorite one, well, <laughs> one of my favorite one ones. Of many favorites, yeah. Um, when he's talking about the the Bodocs and and when they first appear like in the oh, yeah. in the in the restaurant right and he's talking about like what Those they do creepy, and man. what they mean and like he's still sitting there just doing his short order cook thing just you know cooking stuff because one of them is watching him and he doesn't want them to know that he knows they're there yeah. and that's such a practical thing like if I could see dead people and demons I wouldn't want them to know they, that I could see them either mm-hmm. and it's you know, such a hugely practical thing yeah. in the third act climactic scene when they're running in between obscuring his view yeah. like that is effed up yeah because he's the only one who can see them, and he should be able to see to get to the bad guy. Yeah, and he has reason for not wanting them to see him, aside from the fact that they're scary as hell. Yeah. Like, he, he talks about the, the one person who could also see them. Minutes after he spoke what he believed to be their name, he died. Yeah. He got hit by a runaway truck and crushed against, like, a like a concrete wall. Yeah. Yeah. That's a scary thing. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, uh. honestly, it makes a lot of sense because I know... Like the first time, if I if that were me, if I had those skills and I could see the you know, if I had those certain special skills, you know, yeah. and I could be a Bodak, I would be like, holy crap, what is that? Like I couldn't stop myself. Yeah. Like I'd be like, Bodak, right there, you know. Oh, and I, 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 right? I wouldn't think about it. Like obviously, once I thought about it, okay, don't let them know you can see him. Yeah. But yeah. my first reaction would be like. I see something really terrifying right now, yeah. you know? Yeah. So it's like, it, it, it's, it's great, because he, he is able to use logic and not fall apart yeah. at the first, you know, terrifying moment. Yes. <laughs> I, I like how he's able to just go about his daily business, even though the things are right there in front of him, oh, yeah. up close, looking at him. That touches on what Wayne was saying earlier. Yeah. Like that's why he keeps his life so simple. Yeah, you know, because you never know when that and poltergeist. Poltergeist. Yeah. So that's why I have a brick and board bookcase. Yeah. Thank you very much. I can get those right. place cheap. Yeah. Oh, was it uh, flip fork flicked my forehead? <laughs> yes. Flicked. <laughs> Oh yeah, flip, yeah. Flip, 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 flip my, my forehead. forehead. People are, don't like alliteration. Or, I love that one. People are disturbed by alliteration. I don't remember what word he used, but it was good. I didn't. My favorite like version of Batman is like the brave and the bold Batman, where you know it's all puns. It's and all play. puns and alliteration. <laughs> so I have, there's a special place in my heart for alliteration. Yeah. <laughs> like just try saying that five times fast though. Yeah. 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 I can't say it once. Like yeah. Yeah. Mm. So let's get to something that I know Bonnie doesn't want to talk about, and that is Stormy. Okay, we, uh, what, what, Stormy, Stormy Llewellyn. Stormy. His uh, you love, your favorite sort of, right? Dad? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. The love of his life. What's her real name? It was like uh, something else. Like uh, it. it was, was Bronwyn. Bronwyn. Yeah, she didn't like it because it made her sound like an elf. 
Yeah. Yeah. So she went by Stormy. So she went by Stormy, and I it just oh, talk about getting kicked in the yeah. groin. Okay, yeah. not what I was going to originally say, but <laughs> yeah, we're going to say kicked in the boob. <laughs> yes, kicked in the boob. Uh, which I don't know if that's ever happened to anyone, but if it has, I'm sorry because well, that's not um, faithful too. Yeah, um, man, man, just, yeah. again the first time we came to it through the movie. Yeah, we came to it through the movie. So the whole time I'm going through the book. I know, you know, it's know what happens, and it's and to me just as painful as if I didn't know. There's like. a scene where they're she's let's get married, let's go to Vegas. I'm like, go, just go, just do it, go to Vegas, go to Vegas. Who cares? cares? Just go right now. Let them go. Get married now. Go get married now. Get out of town. Go get married. Have a lot of babies. I just. Change what? the story, dang it. <laughs> let's, let's set the scene, though. When yeah. we're introduced to Stormy, Odd himself says that they are probably soulmates, yeah. right? That's mm-hmm. what he says. Um, so you they know... matching birthmarks. Yeah. You yeah. know from, like, like page 16 that this is a very, very important character to Odd. You spend the whole book knowing that, She's like, his destiny. Yeah. They've got that thing from the they, fortune teller. Yes. to a carnival. You are destined to be together two forever. People, there are two people in front of them. They spent, yeah. like, a lot of money. Which is hilarious. A great... Yeah. It was, like, this mummy fortune teller. And they're trying to get a card that will say something nice, nice. about and their love. Like, and all of them are, like... a change in the wind. Yeah. <laughs> The cliff will crumble. Like, oh, yeah. And yeah. all they leave horrible. arguing. They leave <laughs> arguing. The woman's upset. And Odd and Stormy, on the first quarter, get a car that says, you are destined to be together forever. Yeah. And, and she's got it framed above her yeah, bed. Yeah. 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 Oh. And so it's like, okay, they have been, you know, practically together since they were kids. Practically. Yeah. I mean, maybe not officially together. dating, but yeah. they've been there each other's whole lives. Yeah. He they says are, he would jump off a cliff if she asked him to. He, he would have to know why. He'd have to know why, it, but he would yeah, do it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I need a reason. <laughs> but okay. But and she's she such a practical to, person that it would have to be a very good reason. So. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the whole book, you're like, okay, these, you know, they're going to be together. Eventually they're going to get married. This is awesome. Maybe they'll get married at the end of the book. You don't know. And then the end of the book happens. And you're just like, bam, right in your face. That's why we get to meet his dad was, I'm getting married Saturday. Yeah. You know, like, they had plans. They were getting married Saturday. They had plans. They were going to get married and live happily happily ever after. And really, you don't even know what happened when it happened. I mean, not fully. I mean, you get the sense that. You get the idea. Idea, but but you don't really know. So yeah, he never finds out the details. In, yeah. the, in the movie, it's different. In the movie, and the different the movies, yeah, way different. I prefer the way things were handled in the book. Me bit. too, because yeah. it wouldn't have been so. Bam, 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 bam. Had they gone out? Funny. Give me your heart. Bam, 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 bam. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So what? If we want to go into it, what exactly happened in the movie? Okay, in the movie. Like, you're not going to spoil it for me. I read the No, book. no, no. You read the book. You know what's going to happen. You know she's she's going to die. We're very sad about this. Yes. In the movie, he's he's in the mall. The shooters spoil are happening. You <laughs> kind of told them ahead of time that we were going to spoil things. Yeah. Back at the last one. That's anyway. kind of what a podcast yes. is, really. Well, there's, <laughs> a, there's a, a recorded thing in the front that says we're spoiling. Yes. Nice. Okay, good. So, um, he's there, and there's all this noise. Yeah. And he actually goes inside the ice cream parlor, where, or sees her through the door. Yeah. Okay. Where in the book, you know, he doesn't even get to the ice cream no, parlor. Yeah. So he he, just he's, sees the he sees her. Shatter. The glass shatters, and he, he goes in, and she comes up from behind the counter. No, but there's all this noise, so you don't hear that she didn't actually say no. 
you see what because you know that ghosts can talk, but they can mouth, and, and she's got splatters of all these different kinds of ice cream all over her. And so she points. She says, "Go, she points, go." You know, and she's she's pointing, uh, and he goes and gets the rest of the people, and then they do this scene where all you do is his voiceover, and we spent the next few days all happy and to ourselves, away from all the mobs cream. and things. They're eating ice cream yeah. and they're talking, and there's all you this. You get stuff. the scene where he's at in the the bedroom together yeah like we spent the next week with the phone like you get that scene yeah right after the end of the right after the end of the shootout and everything and and the thing is is um and since it's his voiceover you can't hear them talk anyway there's no i don't think it would ever mentioned that he could feel the ghosts yeah, I don't, in yes. the movie, did it mention it in the Not movie? In the movie but That's in the what I'm movie, saying. Yeah. So in the movie, it never mentioned that. So you see them hugging and holding each other. So you assume she's alive. Uh, I'm just enjoying each other, and they're just yeah. having a great time. And yeah. then the friends walk in, and they're like, "It's the funeral day. You gotta, With you gotta the, let it go." And he looks back at her, and she bullet holes. Then yeah. it's bullet holes instead of. And what it was, ice, ice cream, cream is now blood. Uh, and she fades, and you know, they say goodbye and everything. But it was just like. You thought she was alive, so you go from thinking that everything's okay to suddenly she's dead. That and that was her ghost. Uh, interaction. Uh, when your friends tell you like to quit drinking. Oh, intervention. Intervention. Yeah, yeah. 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 they to an intervention. Like yeah. you can't just keep being holed up oh. here. You got to let her go. Although and he's like, "What do you mean, let her go? She's right here." Yeah. Kind of a thing. Yeah. And 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 that's when and you they, realize they show up at his door with an urn. Yeah, and you just in the book. In the book, in I the thought book. it was. I thought it was a funeral. I thought it was just like it's it, time it, for a funeral. Like they just came in the, the movie. They, I movie. think they said it was time for a funeral, but in yeah, the book, but it was they come up with, with her the urn, urn with and the everything in the book. But but so you just you just went through this thing where noise wise you can't tell she's not speaking. Yeah. yeah. They never mention the fact that they that he could feel ghosts like a normal person. Mm-hmm. In the book, he in does, the book, he, in the book, it does, but not the movie. Before that, in the movie with Penny, where he does, they do the hand holding scene. Right, that, but that I'd actually, forgotten about that. Like, I, liked I, that. I wondered why he could do that. Like, I, I kind of assumed Penny was a ghost because she wasn't talking. But then he like patted her head or something, and I was like, okay, maybe she's not a ghost. Right, yeah. and then eventually and then it explains it. Yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly. But in the movie, there's so. So it's completely. Yeah. You think everything's good, and suddenly. The movie's more of an F you. It is. Yeah. It really yeah. is. Whereas in the book, it, that's why Bonnie was saying earlier, if she had read the book, there's things that repeat, like we're just going to be together forever. We're just going to be together forever. He says yeah. it so many so times that my suspicious critic in the back of my head would already think mm, she might she, she might die by the end of this. <laughs> so I've already been thinking I hope she doesn't, but she might. Yeah. So I wouldn't have been surprised. However. The movie, doesn't, the movie doesn't set you up like doesn't that. Doesn't give you a chance. There's just, no foreshadowing. It just sidelines it you. Just, yeah. It's like, right ha, 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 just kidding. Yeah. She's not right when you think it's happy. Yeah. And then you're I've watched sobbing on the couch. With your, <laughs> <half> the <laughs> and that's why she hates so you. Don't, you don't have to watch the movie. <laughs> yeah. you know? But you can now that you've read the book, you know. <laughs> you know um, I, I do know. like the way it was handled like, better. You don't get me this time, boy. Yeah. It's worth watching just for... Uh, William Defoe. Yeah. William Defoe. Yeah, yeah. he's a great actor. Yeah. He yeah. plays the chief. And and oh, okay. and check off who's the actor's name. I always yeah. forget. But anyway, yeah. he plays Odd Thomas, and it was good to see him in another role other than Chekhov because he was yeah. kind of new when he did Star yeah, Trek. He so yeah. you know, it's nice to see him <laughs> in something else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so so yes. So Stormy dies, and the movie made me pissed and pain, lots of pain. Lots of pain. Flames on the side of the face. Yeah, I know. Um, so, um, 
but the book did it better. Yeah. And and as and, books are wont to do. Yes, of course. <laughs> but there is. was also the whole him healing in the hospital, which was mm-hmm. longer in the book. Yeah. And the yeah. thing, you know, but they, I don't think they have the hospital scene. No, they, they skip it. Yeah. And the thing is, in the movie, sh- he only gets shot once in the shoulder in the movie. Yeah, and because they, they they change the whole third act. Yeah. The bomb goes off in the movie. Oh. Like he okay. drives it out of the mall, yeah. yes, and it does. explodes. Yeah, like the, kind of the, a thing. Be, the the third in the movie yeah. becomes this very Michael Bay okay. action sequence. <laughs> All right, yeah. you just yeah. go with Enough it. Said. <laughs> yeah, I like um, I like the way they did it in the book better, where he gets the, shot and in the and back. the chief yeah. doesn't end up in the hospital in the movie. Yeah. No, uh, he does. He does, does but he's not. He ends up in the hospital, but he's not in critical condition, and he doesn't need surgery. Yeah, he's he's up. He's up and running the next day when they need him to be. Which yeah. I'm reading the book like. Ooh. Which I think is more for time. I think so, probably. Yeah. But, I mean, that's why I added that whole thing with the the movie cliche. Yeah. No, no. You know what? If, if Peter Jackson can make a five-hour Lord of the Rings movie, this movie could have been five hours. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, how many endings were in Return of the King? All of them. Every single one. Every single one. Except he messed up one, but that's okay. <laughs> we're not talking about that. If Clue right. can have three different endings, I'm just <laughs> right. Like, there you go. Gosh, I love that movie. That movie just came to mind because we just read for it. Then Odd Thomas can have as many endings as he I want them to do another movie. I want them to keep going. But given the release of the first movie, they probably won't. And honestly, I wouldn't want them to do the second book. Really? um, As a movie, because I think it would just tank. Some of us haven't read the second book yet. Okay, don't don't spoil it. But is it is it? Bad or just a slog no, to get through? It's not bad. It's bad. just it, it, story wise, it's not as strong as the first uh, one, and it okay. feels a little rushed. It feels a little rushed. Okay, I, there's some things in it that are good, but there's like they introduce a character that's very important in the second book that we never even mm. heard no, of in the first book. book oh. That's supposed to be one of his inner circle people who knows all about his powers. Oh, like I knew it the whole time. And, but yeah. I never told you about it. Yeah, So to me, it felt like because. I'm pretty sure somewhere in the first book the it first says book these are all the people who know are, about yeah, this. At, the, at the, the intervention, he's yeah. like, all the people who know about my... Yeah. And then there's a character who we've never heard of, not mentioned once, which who is now an important character in the second they book. They do everything. kind of give a reason why he wouldn't have been there, but still... A reason why he wouldn't have been there, but he could have been mentioned. He could have been... You know what I mean? Like, I, I think like, it is, and this is just me guessing, as I think Dean Koontz never anticipated writing more Odd Thomas books. That's I Probably, yeah, probably. Yeah. I right. think he was like, "This is my one book." You know, it did well, and then I think if it and then it's published did well, said, hey, we need another. Yeah, the, yeah. Like, hey, we need another Thomas, and he's like, "Okay, well, I wasn't planning on." That's why yeah, I say this is the amount of time to do yeah, it. That's why I say that this book is such a great standalone book. You don't need to read anymore because I, I don't think he was planning on writing more. There are some great scenes in the second book. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Yeah. But it's not the caliber of the first book. Yeah. He makes up for that in the third book. Oh, yeah. Third book, really okay. great. So Brandon hasn't read it, so either. I'm so. not going to tell you anything more about the plot or the characters. I just, you know. In fact, yeah. if you want, you could borrow book two tonight. Yeah. <laughs> if you want. You know what just, just, just saying, in, in my opinion, I book three is my favorite so, so far, far. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would agree good. I would agree yeah. it probably is like you thought it would be Bonnie like in turn because like whenever a writer does that like introduces a massively important character that was never touched on in the first book it's yeah. because the author has to yeah like yeah. they're they're stuck and they pin themselves he, into some kind of corner and they got to get out of it somehow I will yeah. say if this if this character had been introduced the events probably would have happened okay 
So right. he has to introduce this character, okay. otherwise book two doesn't happen. And then he realizes this character has to know stuff about Odd. Yeah. yeah. Like, for the storyline well, that he has planned to work. Well, so I get that. To, but know. at the same time, I felt like... Well, that's why I feel it's kind you know, of rushed and kind of... Yeah. I mean, it's not bad. Again, it's not... I mean, it's, it's a good book. But it is. I think the first and third books, of the ones I've read so far, were better. I think. Okay. I think because once he got to the th- third book, he realized, okay, I'm doing a series of books. <laughs> I'm not just going to do two and done. It, yeah. It's going to keep going. Uh-huh. So, yeah. but, but still read the second one. Yeah. Okay. You want well, you want to still do that. I just don't be. You want the continuity. Yeah. 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 You know, yeah. If nothing don't else. be disappointed. He told you already. I told you to about this because, you know, your critique of the ending, very fair. The one scene that bothered me in odd and this is just movie or book book okay back to the book um the one scene that bothered me and it's clearly just me is when he pulls out four thousand dollars out of fungus man's pocket and he puts it back and And he he puts puts it it back back. no that bothered me too the guy was dead that bothered me too well i can understand (laughs) i can understand like did it but me personally, yeah. I'm like, okay, this he's body is not. This body is not going to be found yeah. for several, at least a week, yeah. in the middle of August in the desert. And he's been over his finances. He knows four thousand is not going to raise. It's not going to raise anything. So, so yeah, it's he not. could have taken it, and nobody would have been the wiser. And, and even except like, the fact that he's a short order cook, and he just got four thousand dollars in cash. But the thing is, is that but, he wouldn't have had to spin it right away. That could have been mm-hmm. something. Yeah. Stormy wants to, you know, have her own things. Like all, they have plans that they've talked about. And yes, he doesn't. He likes to keep things simple. I get it. But you can't have a nest egg. You can't have something for yeah, a rainy well, day. Here's my argument. Seriously, the guy's dead, and he's a Satanist for crying out yeah, loud. He like, exactly he's evil. The best of people. He's I wouldn't feel guilty evil. about like, taking money from him. Don't get me wrong. I'm right there with you guys. I probably would have been like, 4000 yes, let's go, let's do this. But right, here's my here's argument, my right? right? Yeah. My argument for why I think it had to be that way was just to go to his character. Because, yeah, I, I mean, not every, I mean, yeah, everyone who is anyone will probably say, yeah, I wasn't going to take that $4,000. But not odd. He's not that kind of guy. Yeah. Yes, he could have gotten away with it. Yes, it, no one would have asked any questions at all. But his fingerprints are on it, too. So, True. I have a, my thing is going, okay, you're so, like, trying not to leave fingerprints anywhere, but you touched his money and put it back. But he probably would have Yeah, I'm just, but my thought process is, like, as a character, I mean, if all the crap that he went through as a kid, if that turn it, didn't turn him into like a jerk or you know anything, then you know. I know. That you want to keep you want to keep your untarnished hero being untarnished. Oh no, he's. I'm sure he's, he's tarnished. Not the, thing is, is he, the thing is, he's not perfect. <laughs> but the thing is, is he talks about him not being perfect, and he he confesses some of his negative thoughts and things like that with with us. So it's like, well, yeah, wasn't even tempted. He didn't even say he was tempted. Like, you could have at least said it was so tempting, but I felt like blah, blah, blah. But like Brandon said, he just, like Brandon and everyone else has said, he wants to keep his life simple. Yeah. And I maybe maybe he would have felt that would have complicated things to some degree. Yes. But the fact that he just got engaged. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Every man. Not, not that you Every man. Logic. He's going, crap, wedding, house. He's talking about switching jobs to shoes 
for security yes. for Stormy. I'm not saying you know, it's perfect logic. I'm just saying that's my guess. I, that's my guess. <laughs> I'm sure that's why the writer did it. But for but in all reality, a man who has hardly anything and is about to get married to the woman he loves and wants to protect for the rest of forever. He's not, he's not going to be tempted to at least take half of it. <laughs> Come on! Here's another word on his character that I remembered in the first chapter. He, he wakes up at 5 in the morning to go to work. And yeah. the first thing he says before he goes to work every day is a, a prayer that his granny Sugar's taught him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Granny Sugar's. Spare me that I may serve. Mm-hmm. So that... That's a big thing on his character. He, he he gets up, he goes to work, but he he hopes that the powers that be will spare him another day, so he'd be able to serve yeah. and do what he's yeah, meant he's, to do. He's really great. I'm not gonna lie. But, yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised I remembered that. <laughs> that was a great yeah. Great so I mean, yeah, that's just what I think. I mean, I could be completely off since not not the writer. So no, no, no. I'm sure that that's right. Guess, but at the same you know, time. So, but at the same time, he, yeah, he's his, a his <laughs> granny was a very interesting character. Grandma <laughs> Sugar. Grandma Sugar. I love her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> judging of judging by all available evidence, Granny and God understood each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, there's, there's so many good things in here. There's just so many good points about this book that, yeah. and that's why I was. You know, the writing cell. And I see why after reading it, it you wanted everyone else to read it. And I'm sorry I gave you such a hard time because, yes, I did like the book. It's understandable still, why you did, though. I still I know. don't like how it ends. I mean, I'd rather her, I, I'd rather Stormy didn't die. Really? But, you know, you know, I think, I think um, if, if he had known that he was going to write more, that he still would have ended that way so he could keep doing what he's doing yeah. and not right. have to worry about collateral damage. Right. And, and you know. to, to handle... Okay, to write the death of a character that you clearly love writing, you have to, like, do it with a sense of, of honor and purpose and to, like, you know, be real to her. I, I felt like Stormy's death was, like, meaningful while horribly tragic. Yes. He didn't just stuff her in a fridge, you know. It, it, it actually meant something. <laughs> it, it, right. It's his Uncle Ben moment. Yeah. Uh, another yes. thing that I've found about the book, even the minor characters that... He, he managed to do a very good uh, character development. And one of the ones I was thinking that came to mind was Mrs. Sanchez. Yes, Sanchez. Oh, yeah. You know, love her. Every time uh, he gets up in the morning, one of his rituals is he goes and says hello to Mrs. Sanchez so that she knows that she's not turned invisible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she's um, still there. Oh, I can. Yesterday was the 14th anniversary of 9 11. Yes. yes. I finished chapter 44, which talks about Mrs. Sanchez's family. Mm-hmm. Mrs. Sanchez's family and his. Her nephew who died in 9-11. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was like, I'm sitting there, and that hit, I was like... Yeah, a nephew and several other family members. Yeah. yeah. They, they died were, that they, day. That day. Uh, they, yeah. uh, they were in the plane that crashed into the yeah. Uh, Pentagon. Yeah. yeah. So... I was like, yeah. And she was supposed to be with them, and yeah. I forget what it was that came I, up that she wasn't able she to. Something could be with them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but the, all the people she loved and most in the world she were still up, alive at that moment. And then died. she woke up next to her dead husband after he passed away in his sleep. So yeah. she had gone a little on the loopsy side. Which, as you do. Yeah. yeah. And he just kind of, like, accepts it. Like, okay, yeah. one thing i got to do is go over there and tell her that yeah. she's not invisible. Like, it's just part of his yeah. day. Can I borrow your car? Well, didn't you just drive up in it? 
Yes, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't that. It's like you just had it like two seconds ago. <laughs> you don't know it, but I just use it to hide a body. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh goodness. Uh, <laughs> I love the fact that this driver's license primary function is opening doors. Right. Go ahead. I'm sorry, but I, I just remembered another bit about his psychic magnetism. Not only does it tell him about what people to find, but in the last scene uh, at the mall, I know where you're going with this. Yeah. He's going, and he's like, "Here's a bin full." He, he's getting ready to take the gun that was from his apartment, and then he decides not to. He sticks it back under the seat of the car, and he goes in the mall unarmed, and he, there's a bin full of baseball bats. And he picks one out because it felt like it was the right thing to do. And, <laughs> and then he, and then he really walks well. up down this hallway and down that hallway and uh, starts to open a door and waits and he steps to the side and batter up and the guy opens the door. When you hit him, he hit him square across the bridge. Square right of the bridge. Right so we know for a fact, broken nose, black eyes, black eyes, welts on the forehead. I... In my broken eye sockets. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm because he, fractured he, cheekbones. Fractured cheekbones, fractured he, he, sinuses. Hey, sorry to interrupt this podcast, but uh, um, just want to let you know that uh, destinycomics.com, that's uh, destinycomics.com, um, all this month will be having a special sell. You use the promo code ODD, O-D-D, all capitalized that tells us you're a listener of this podcast and you get 10 percent off your entire purchase at the destiny comics store we have books t-shirts prints uh, original arts uh, from the comic books all kinds of nifty needy little doodads and some really cool books and since you're a listener of this podcast you get 10 percent off um, that's only for this month, the month of, uh, March, February, March. Yes, March. Um, so thank you and, uh, keep listening and please tell your friends about this little podcast. We're having a lot of fun. We're going to keep doing it, but, uh, we need all the support we can get. Thank you. He talks uh, about hitting him like he was hitting a ball. Yeah. And, and he used to hit home runs. He and I'm that. sorry. <laughs> that, that's one of the things I was wondering about. In real life, that would probably kill most probably. men. Yeah, I thought about that, too. I did. It's, it's not just like the skull. It's so close to the brain that yeah, you would cause right. like concussive it's, brain damage. Yeah. Even if he survived, he's not coming out of that completely no. okay. He's also not getting up anytime soon. No. Yeah. So... We're talking like that, traumatic that was brain one injuries. Of the things I thought was interesting his his ability not only tells him how to find people, but it gives him an intuition Wait. into what he Grab that needs. Back. And and then and he knew he felt like he needed to step back before that door opened. It was like yeah. his warning, and bam, and, and there you and, go. And then he picks up the firearm. Yes. Yeah. So, whereas if he would have went in there with a firearm to begin with, he probably would have been injured or dead mm-hmm. right, right right there at the door, mm-hmm. and everybody else would have died anyway. Yeah. yeah. The psychic magnetism, I love. I thought that was so well done, so well handled. I, I hope when I read in the new and the other books, it's a big that, part of that. It, <laughs> that he's able to find more because he it talks in the book about him not really 
developing this ability. Yes. He just does it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that they, or he sometime in the, he, that he uh, develops it develops more, it more and is able to, able to control it to some degree because that would be interesting to see how he could do. Yeah. That to me Spoiler. makes it seem like it's <laughs> yes, like it's just like almost like a defense mechanism mm-hmm. that he's always had. That's just a part of him. He just and considering everything else that he's gifted with, yeah. He's <laughs> I do like the fact that he doesn't play cards because he's like yeah because, because he can tell which one's gonna win yeah, yeah that's great because of his psychic magnetism it makes it not a game it's not it gambling it's cheating it's, it's cheating back he says it's harvesting money harvesting yeah. money that's right I love that yeah um, where if they had a Vegas wedding he could yeah. harvest some money he could harvest some money he needs nice that four thousand the wedding is right here here's your hotel here's your venue here's your food. You know, yeah. Just go from casino to casino until you get kicked out. You're good. The, there's two things in the book that dated it for me. Mm-hmm. One, Stormy talks about blood tests. Yeah. And two, um, odd cell phone. Yeah. Is oh. <laughs> little yeah, more it's loose. the 90s. You <laughs> yeah. can tell it was written you in the 90s. Other than that, it was okay. Pull the antenna up. Pull the antenna up. But but like, what about what what in the 90s? Because no, one of the 90s. Early 2000s. Early 2000s. And yeah. him, him having a cheap cell phone at the time. It know, would have been that phone. Like right, a track phone. Back in 11, so it was at least after Like so. a track phone. <laughs> right? Yeah. I had a track phone for a while. Yeah. I get it. Those are the only two things that date it for me. Yeah. And past that, it's like, this yeah. is very good. timeless. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Well, it looks like Go you're ahead. pulling up a quote. Oh, no. I've just got several. I'm just like, oh, I don't know. I can't well, share, share all of them. Yeah. Oh, no. I like it. He's talking about, he's just, just Describing the the bodak or, and it, how it's the creature appeared to focus on the door of the kitchen as eyeless as Samson in Gaza, it never less detected me. And he's hiding in the kitchen behind the door. Oh, the, yeah. the bodaks—they don't have eyes, but it's like—and he's like, I'd studied the story of Samson in some detail, for he was a classic example of the suffering and the dark fate that could befall those who are gifted. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. Just you know, the things that are important to him because Samson was gifted and he went through all this, so you know. Just kind of threw that out there, you know. This also speaks to his character because Samson mm-hmm. was arrogant. That's what, like, yeah, the, yeah. yeah. And this one, powerful. this one is just funny. He's like, any self-respecting lunatic, however, I like any self-respecting lunatic. However, I'm always quick to dismiss any doubts about my sanity. It's at that moment where he's just thinking, maybe I'm crazy, but then he dismisses it because like, you know. he's a self-respecting lunatic. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just love stuff like that. But um, oh, one thing I did want to read because it was just. It was beautiful, and I figured out what it was before he tells you, but it's just, um, it's one of the last ones I, I highlighted. And he's, this is from time to time, this is after, after he's been injured and everything, okay? And he, he sees no more, and then he says, from time to time, I would be aware of God and his angels looking down upon me from the sky of this new world. They had huge, looming faces that were a cool, pleasant shade of green, occasionally white, though they had no features other than their eyes. With no mouths or noses, they should have been frightening, but they projected love and caring, and I always tried to smile at them before they dissolved back into the clouds. And then he realized, you know, eventually he regains consciousness and realizes he's in the hospital. Yeah. But that's the doctors and nurses with their masks, you know, looking at yeah. him. But I just loved how he described them. And you're just like, huh, God, angels, he didn't die. Because I'd seen the movie, I'm going, he didn't die. Oh, wait, I get it. Because the doctors and the nurses, right? You know, but it was just, and yeah. Green, yes. and green, <laughs> green and white, yeah, isn't that the surgical mask? You're like, oh, okay, I get it. That's awesome. Just little things like that that just keep you reading. 
yeah. because it's it's there. It's fascinating and you know just just so descriptive. He could have just said he could have phrased it just normally. You know, every now and again I come to and see some of the doctors and the nurses or maybe somebody I recognize. You know, but instead he describes it like that and you're like, you know, because he just maybe died what god and his angels what what you know <laughs> is he having a you know light at the end of the tunnel moment and he yeah. comes back because we know he wrote it so he didn't really die but you know and stuff like that <laughs> okay so final comments anybody want to good, good book that's a good book right there <laughs> yep um changed me changed my opinion about dean coons yeah yes, yes. holy crap yeah. i mean yep. I will say to anybody, if you don't read Dean Koontz, and you're just like, whatever. Uh, he's been around for a very yes, long time, yes. I found yeah. out. And it's like... Since the 70s. You know, yeah. I, I this, like I, you guys said, I just totally changed my opinion about him as a writer. Yeah, I, I kind of considered him to be like a, almost like a pop fiction writer, you know? Uh, but yeah. he, just... Again, family Guy made that one joke of him being the poor man's uh, Stephen King. Yeah. And that's kind of what I thought, and I was like... Wow, there's some depth here. Yeah, there really is. Yeah. Like, if his other books are, if not like Odd Thomas, in the same kind of writing style, damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, okay, so now's the time where we go around, offer up sacrifices for next month. <laughs> I mean, books. <laughs> if offerings to the gods of literary. And you guys know how this works. We all offer up a book. Say why. Different from the last one that we offered. Yes. Say why we want to offer it. And then we'll go around and vote and uh, see what we read for the next book. Okay, Brandon? Yeah, give me one second. I'm writing, taking down notes. Okay, okay. So we'll start with Wayne. Okay, my recommendation for next time around is The Child Thief by Gerald Brom. Child Thief, okay. The Child Thief. Brom, well known as an artist, dabbles some in music, I believe, also writes. <clears throat> the Child Thief is a 2009 dark fantasy novel by the artist and novelist Gerald Brom a dark retelling of the stories of Peter Pan and the Lost Boys. Ooh, all right. That sounds good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, it's one that I, I have read. I read it uh, about three months ago. Oh, is this the one with Captain Mustache? Like there's a Peter Pan? It's, it's, a, it's a Peter Pan story. Yeah. I, I don't remember if they... I'm wondering if I have it. That's what I'm asking. I'll, I'll look. I might have this. <laughs> this little picture there is the cover. Oh, no, I don't have that. Okay. That, that looks good. Okay. Right, so we'll keep going. Lewis? Uh, okay. Um, my offering is The Dresden Files, uh, specifically book one in the series called Stormfront, written by Jim Butcher. Um, this is one of the very few book series that I have literally been unable to put down. Uh, as, as I get older, I realize that my writing or my uh, reading time is more and more precious. So like if I'm reading a book and I don't like it, I will just put it down. I could not put down the Dresden Files books. Uh, here's the elevator pitch. Um, Harry Blackstone Copperfield Dresden is a wizard wow. living and working in modern day Chicago. 
practicing magic openly. In fact, he is trying to make it his job. <laughs> He's a private detective, and uh, he has an ad in the phone book. It, it, it literally says wizard. <laughs> he will find lost items. He'll help you, like, do certain things. He doesn't do any, like, cheap parlor magic. He doesn't do, like... Um, love potions or anything like that that's beneath him he's he's a workaday guy he's just doing his thing uh the book is set up sort of like a um like a private detective novel it's very philip k dick in the beginning of the series um but eventually it grows beyond that as the books continue i think there are 14 or 15 in the series so far and there's a bunch of short stories there's also a novella it's it's really a really comic good stuff book series yeah, there's a comic series. There the was TV a sci-fi show was, for a while. Uh, short-lived, yeah. but yeah. yeah. I thought I heard uh, a, uh, about a TV series yeah, called that. Yeah. yeah. I, oh, yeah. I enjoyed the TV series, and then I read some of the books. <laughs> the books are very good. Oh, yes. Yes. yes the, yeah, that's, that's my offering. Okay, Bonnie. All right, so mine... Is called Don't Point That Thing at Me. <laughs> I win. I am in. <laughs> yes! By Cyril Bonfiglioli, I think is how you pronounce the name. All right, so I I will, I did a screen capture of, because I wanted to look things up. Um, I should have done that. Cause I, I because it's a book I haven't read. It's a book I haven't read, so I. Some of of the language may be a little coarse and um, stuff. But anyway, it's, um, let's see. The deliciously nasty, highly entertaining comic masterpiece of a thriller, a cult favorite of Stephen Fry and Julian Barnes. Mm. All right. It is, let's see. That was just a little blur. It says, a cult classic in the UK since its first publication there in the 1970s. Wow. Don't Point That Thing at Me is the hilarious and dark-humored crime thriller featuring the Honorable Charlie Mordecai, degenerate aristocrat, a moral art dealer, seasoned epicurean, unwilling assassin, and general knave about Piccadilly. With his thuggish man servant jock, whose last name is Strap, by the way. So there are some innuendos in here. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> Mordecai enters all manner of nastiness involving secret police, angry foreign governments, stolen paintings, and dead clients, all just to make a dishonest living, while decked out in the most stylish garb and drinking the most bizarre alcoholic cocktails. Don't miss this brilliant mixture of comedy, crime, and suspense. Now, some of the reviews, at least on Amazon, said that the plot was... Um, like Swiss cheese, but it wasn't about the plot, it was about the characters. <laughs> um, the fact that it's been a cult classic in the, in Britain, you know it's British, yeah. okay, so some of the humor will be British. If you're not into British humor, then I'm sorry, but I am. Um, <laughs> I like British so, humor. Um, Monty Python. Man. Yeah, so it, there is a movie that came out that didn't <gasps> do very well, but had a number of very good actors Johnny, in it. Yeah. It had Johnny Depp and Gwyneth Paltrow and Ewan McGregor. And a couple of other actors. Was the movie a comedy? It was like, called Mordecai. It, was it came out just in the last year or so. Okay. Justin and I rented it from Redbox and thought it was hilarious. It's uproariously funny, and right. it, there's innuendos here and there, and Mordecai is ridiculous. And then I saw that it was called, after this book, called Don't Point That Thing at Me, which the title <laughs> in and of itself is just like, okay. So having not read it, but enjoying the movie, some people, I guess, got the book because they liked the movie, and maybe they were into the British thing, but... Um, it's it's off the wall and over the top. At least the movie was, and it was funny. But it's dark and and comedic and interesting. And 
whether we choose it or not, I plan on getting the book and reading it. So I'm just saying. There you go. Oh, no. Reading. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What a tragedy. Know, right? I'm sure you sold a couple of copies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, my pick is The Martian Ooh. by Andy Weir. Dang, I can't put more than one book. Is it, is it in relation to the movie? It, the the movie, movie is based on this nice. book. Nice. I really want to see the movie, I've so now I want to read the book. <laughs> I've seen the previews for the movie. Yeah. Yeah, I it's think it's basically in right now, the bo- right? Yeah, it's in theaters. Yeah. It's coming out very soon. soon. Or soon, yeah. It's, it's not even out yet. It's Craven's last movie. Right. Wow. So it, it's supposed to come out soon, right? Is, I, it's in, is it in the theaters film or? festivals right now. Right. Oh, okay. I, I read a blurb it. from the first the chapter, and I will warn you, there is some language in it. Which, you're, you're a guy stranded on Mars... By yourself, you're probably going to die. There's going to be some bad language. <laughs> so, it's okay. Uh, but basically, words will not be nice. Nobody no, basically, he, he gets hey. stranded on Mars, left for dead, and he's got to find a way to survive and contact people so that he can be rescued. And it just from watching the previews of the movie drew me to this, and then reading the the description of the book here and the rating for the book is four and a half stars yeah. I was thinking I want to read that and, and it's so, been around for a while yeah uh, no I thought no, it was new, around for a while it's it a newer came book? out in, it was published in 2014 oh so no brand new book and it's, it's already a movie and it's already been turned into a movie they did that with so Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter too that's so. a lot about it was uh, yeah. Good read choice winner of 2014 wow alright okay well fine yeah Wow. Your turn. <laughs> I'm like, can I just go for every book? Right? Like, I like all these options so far. How do we choose? <laughs> I know, I, I, can we choose between two? <laughs> okay, so my choice is, or my the one I'm offering up is A Gentleman's Game, which is a spy novel. Okay. Really great. Written by Greg Rucka. It's part of the Queen and Country books, which I just found out about. <laughs> and it, the main character is a female spy. All right. she's one of three in her department and she works her way to the top and so she's trying to she has to go and take care of you know spy stuff and some you know some things happen and she's in trouble (laughs) and so I'm trying not to say too much about the plot but she gets in trouble and it's all about her trying to redeem herself and she's kind of like the female James Bond the best thing I can say about James Rucka Rucka is he wrote Batman for DC Comics in the early 2000s. Oh. Like, and, he is a very prolific writer. And he, I will say this, because I, I did read it, he writes amazing female characters. Like, yes. okay. I, I, that's not always a given with, you know, female yeah. strongly. Like, that's what he's best known it, for. He, she is a great lead female character to the point, not cliche at all. Like, mm-hmm. you know how a lot of times... Female spies are cliche. You expect, yeah, oh, yeah. Laura Croft, Tomb Raider type stuff. Yeah, no. like, like, <laughs> just no. Look from Nikita. Like, yeah, yeah, but she is. It's a great story. He, uh, it's all about her trying to um, be brought back into you know the heart of Britain because it takes place in Britain, and it's um, it's great. It's just that's all I can say about it. This is a great book, and something happened that wasn't her fault, and now she has to redeem herself. Okay. You know, that's that's basically the book, and she's it's a great. Great spy novel. So. Mm-hmm. Now, um, we publish a pulp magazine, 
<laughs> so it should come to no surprise that I read pulp stories. You do? I do. <gasps> are, you, are you recommending 8-Bit Pulp as your suggestion? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm recommending for everyone who's listening 8-Bit Pulp. Um, I am recommending The Adventures of Doc Savage, Man of Bronze, Volume 14. Hit the wrong button. Hold on. I want to get the name right. Well, I'll just go because if I go back on my phone, it might not pull up. Um, the sinister shadow. Okay. okay. When millionaire Lamont Cranston and attorney Ham Brooks are kidnapped by uh, gunmen driving a black hearse, it spells trouble for Doc Savage. Trouble with compound interest. When uh, Cranston's personal lawyer is mysteriously murdered before he can consult with criminalologist George Clardon, who is secretly the shadow. This is the very first ever crossover between two superheroes. You have Doc Savage, Man of Bronze, who is the pre Superman character. They liberally stole from Doc Savage for Superman, and they liberally stole from the Shadow for Batman. <laughs> this is the this is know, Batman v Superman. This is Batman v Superman. <laughs> yeah. Except hopefully before, yeah, before. Yeah. except really cool setting, you know, the 1930s, and um, this is technically uh, if you're reading the um, volumes that they've been publishing, this is volume 14, but you don't need to know. Okay. Right. Their histories. Okay. You, you, you know, people know kind of who the shadow is, and if you've never, if you don't know who Doc Savage, Man of Bronze, is, this should be a good introduction to who he is. Yeah. Who he is. Is this one that you've read before? No, I haven't read it. it just came out. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, on the Kindle, it is five ninety five. Okay. So. Um, okay. So should we vote? Let's vote. Wayne. Well, let's review. That's oh, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very good suggestion. Way too many uh, <laughs> really good choices here. <laughs> you have Doc Savage, Men, Men of Bronze, The Sinister Shadow, uh, The Child Thief, which you can't vote for because it's yours. Sorry. Um, uh, Dresden Files, Stormfront, Don't Point That Thing at Me, <laughs> The Martian, and A Gentleman's Game. The wow. Red Rucka Spine. Can we just do one of them? Like, can we just plan out the rest of the year? I don't know. Right? These are really good. All these the next year. <laughs> six months, whatever. Well, since since Odd Thomas was one of those that was kind of intense, I will vote for Don't Point That Thing at Me <laughs> being comedic. I am going to vote for The Martian. Um... All good stories. I'm now. gonna vote for Doc Savage. <laughs> We're in trouble. <laughs> well, I was gonna vote for Dresden Files. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> thank going. you guys for putting the pressure on me. <laughs> You're okay. welcome. <laughs> if I choose a book that sucks, it's gonna be on me. I'll shoot. Oh dear. Okay, I'm gonna go with Don't Put That Thing at Me just because it sounded hilarious. Brandon? 
I could make a tie, but I'll just we'll go. Don't point that thing at okay. me. I'm curious. What were you going to pick? Yeah. Um, I've read Dresden, and I love I know, Dresden. I'd love to sit down and discuss Dresden. That's why I didn't vote for Dresden because I read the first one. So um, <laughs> sorry, but you know. I, know, I was actually curious about that. Like in, in terms of the rules of like picking a book, like. Could we suggest something like Harry Potter that I'm sure yeah. all of us have read? We can. We <laughs> can. I mean, any book. You know, I mean yeah. uh, basically our only guidelines were it can't suck. <laughs> you know, that was really the only guideline okay. as far as, I mean, if it's a book you hadn't read before but had high hopes for, that's one thing. Okay. Because, I mean, you can't know how a book is before you read it. Yeah. Right. But, Didn't we mention something also like No Fifty Shades? Yeah, No Fifty yeah, Shades no, of Crap. That's yeah. what we said. No Fifty Shades yes. of Crap. Nothing like that. Nothing that we know would make either people uncomfortable or just it's, just it's bad. bad. Yeah. yeah. We can't pick things that we knowingly no. like we know it just wouldn't be good for anybody to read. Okay. Or, uh, but I, I, but I'm we going to read A Gentleman's Game because I love Greg Rucka but The Martian that sounds really I, 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 I yes. already yes. bought it because Amazon had a sale last week oh, I and I got that. it on Kindle, on Kindle. for $1.99 oh, yeah. and it's already back up to like $9. <laughs> <laughs> So, but I, I almost I was between you two for me. I know, I'm like, I know, I know. But I, I figured we wanted to like Blaine said. The last one was kind of intense, so I kind of wanted to laugh. Funny one. Yeah. All, right. So, all right, next month. All right. Don't, Don't point, point that thing at me. Okay, I'll spell it because it's, it, yeah, it's, it's no, 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 he, uh, he oh. wasn't the author. No, he, he just was somebody recommended it. Yeah. Oh, okay. um, It's Cyril, maybe it's not Cyril, maybe it's Cyril, I don't know. It's not. Is it Cyrano de Bergerac? No, it's K-Y-R-I-L yes. is the first name. Last name is B-O-N-F-I-G-L-I-O-L-I. So just look for don't point that thing at me. Yeah. <laughs> don't point that thing at me. Yes. I read it. Don't point that thing at me. Yeah. So it sounds like it probably has a little language and some innuendo. Oh. So there you have it. Episode two in the bag. That was Odd Thomas and our discussion of Odd Thomas. Next month we'll be reading Don't Point That Thing at Me by Kylo Bonfiglioa. I, I always murder that name. I, I really wish I could pronounce his name. Uh, it's a, uh, a great, uh, interesting book. It, it was a little bit of a... Div- uh, it, it was fun. Um, there was a movie based on it uh, starring Johnny Depp called Malachi. Um, if uh, you are a member of Scribd, the audiobook is available for download. That is not a paid pro, uh, promotion. We just happen to be big fans of Scribd. So uh, thank you for your time, and uh, see you next month.